Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Good afternoon, Eric Von Hessler filling in for the great Eric Erickson. We have a show here every morning, weekday, 11 a.m., the Von Hessler Doctrine. I have a couple of doctrinaires here with me. Man of a Thousand Voices, Tim Andrews is here. Hello. The handsomest producer in all of producery, Jared Yamamoto is here. Good afternoon. And when we fill in for Eric, we change up the show a little bit, but your job is still to feed me headlines, so do that. Yeah, and boy, since this morning, it is re- the day went from being rough <laughs> yeah, for Mitch McConnell to terrible. This is the third show we've done today. So give me the news, and I will. Add, I, th- I believe that two GOP healthcare ideas have come crashing to the ground just today. Yeah, this time the latest one was a straight-on repeal of Obamacare, and it was brought down by Susan Collins of Maine, Lisa Murdowski of Alaska, yeah, and Shelley two. Moore of West Virginia. Yeah, the third one is always just somebody else who gloms on, but it's always uh, Murkowski and Collins. Susan Collins, yeah. So, yeah, they're always the ones who, I don't even know why they are Republicans, to be honest with you. They oppose everything that Republicans do. Uh, Trump was not all that... First, let's start with Mitch McConnell. In the coming days, the Senate will take up and vote on a repeal of Obamacare combined with a stable two-year transition. No, that's over. That was early. Yeah. That was like a, that was at noon, Mitch. That, that was your plan at noon. This is what you're going to do at noon. Well, at 510, I'm saying I'm throwing my hands up, putting a fork <laughs> in this Congress because I'm going to go home and ask some Kentucky bourbon. <laughs> Time to start drinking. Three huh? broads ruined the whole thing. <laughs> it's, it's 2017, Mitch. Well, they, they, listen to them. They, they persist. We understood it would not come quickly, but we knew that it was the right thing to do, so we pushed forward anyway. I believe we must continue to push forward now. Somehow, some way. You don't really have a plan for pushing forward. So now the idea is just let Obamacare uh, fizzle out by itself. Pretty much. And slowly change it somehow. Mitch, I'm trying to figure out what's your next move. I don't know. Let them handle it. I'm going back to Kentucky. <laughs> I'm going to relax. And uh, I couldn't get my, my, my other senator buddy here from Kentucky. Yeah, Rand Paul. Uh, he's, not, he's a jerk. <laughs> Here's Rand Paul. All of us promised we would repeal Obamacare, and the discussion is whether or not to move forward to a vote on that. We voted in 2015 to repeal Obamacare. I'm in favor of the motion to proceed. It's, uh, I kind of figured that Murkowski and Collins are, have the safest seats in the country, right? They could just do whatever they want. Pretty much. Because they, were just, they said no to everything. This kind of bill, okay, we'll repeal, we'll replace it all at the same time. Okay, uh, you don't like that. Well, what we'll do, we'll just repeal it. We'll give you two years to sunset, and then we'll come up with it. No, 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 we can't do that. What was the idea that uh, Murkowski and Collins could get behind? I mean, we knew Rand Paul wasn't going to be on with them because he's an actual fiscal conservative. Trump was disappointed. I am very disappointed because, again, even as a civilian, for seven years I've been hearing about health care, and I've been hearing about uh, repeal and replace. 
We're not going to own it. I'm not going to own it. I can tell you the Republicans. This is what I like. Talk about throwing your hands up. This, this is the <laughs> one I like. We're not going to own it. I'm not going to own it. I can tell you the Republicans are not going to own it. We'll let Obamacare fail, and then the Democrats are going to come to us, and they're going to say, how do we fix it? How do we fix it? Or how do we come up with a new plan? Uh, you think Chuck Schumer will help? The president would not be, quote, letting Obamacare collapse. He is actively, actively trying to undermine the health care system in this country using millions of Americans as political pawns in Giddy a pigs. cynical game. That's right, Chucky Schumer. You are no part of any sort of cynical game that's going on in Washington, D.C. You're the reasonable, sane guy who's just trying to get stuff done. Okay, now that we're in the world of fiction, let's find out how things are going out on the roads with Smile and Mark McKay. Hello, Eric. It's 513, and it is so slow going. I-285, no surprise. No single-payer system. I want my health care back that got canceled because Obama decided I needed to be covered in case I got pregnant, and the government needs to stay the hell out of my health care. I couldn't agree more, but I have to be honest with you. I don't think that's where we're going. I believe that we are going to single-payer health care eventually. Obama was so smart in the way that he implemented Obamacare because all the goodies were up front, if you considered them goodies. People like me, I, we were against this from the very beginning. And everything that went wrong with Obamacare, by the way, everyone over at CNN, everyone over at NBC and CBS, uh, you can go back to 2009 and 2010, and people like me were predicting every single thing that happened to make this thing implode. But we were racist back then. We were just going against things because the new president was black, and we couldn't handle it, and nobody would live listen to reasonable minds who said you this may the road to hell is paved with the best intentions you may want to cover everybody but this system that you're coming up with is going to implode it doesn't make any sense and we warned about what was going to happen with the exchange we warned what was going to happen with premiums and along the way obama every time it looked like there was going to be a little bit of pain during his tenure in office he would just sign something and say well you don't have to do it you don't have to do it for four more years here you go. Yeah, unions, you don't have to do it. Uh, CEOs of X company, is this going to hurt? You don't have to do it. Nobody has to do anything until 2017. When I'm gone, and here we are. And the brilliant thing, I know it's not, you know, a lot of people listen to WSB don't want to hear about Obama's brilliance, but you've got to give it to the Democrats. You've got to give it to the social engineers. They understand one thing plainly. Once you give Americans a benefit, it is nearly impossible to take it away. So this is where we are now, where Republicans, the Republicans in the Senate have more fear of a backlash from the voters back home than they have of fear from backlash from the White House. You know, this is, uh, politics is all about power. Whoever has the power gets things done. And obviously, right now, these senators feel perfectly free to keep saying no to the White House, keep saying no to Mitch McConnell, being okay with the Republicans apparently no longer having the ability to be a governing party. I mean, let's just face it. At this point, let's just face it. The Republicans were an awesome opposition party during Obama. But it looks like right now there's a good chance that these senators could go home at the break with nothing. Nothing. Having the House, having the Senate, and having the White House. So it's quite, and if you think about, I mean, there are people who love Trump and there are people who hate Trump. They really don't matter at this point. What matters is the swing voter. 
And the swing voter votes Democrats sometimes and Republicans sometimes. They just vote for the best haircut. Whoever they think is going to be the best one, they vote for. And you cannot fault those people who are not diehard Trump lovers or haters. You cannot fault those people if nothing gets done here by the break, if they just look at the Republican Party and say they don't know how to govern. The American people gave them the House, the Senate, and the White House. And they can't get this done when they have argued against and promised to replace Obamacare for seven years. Do you think these three separate votes that were supposed to happen today after it's like, okay, we don't have enough to do this, we don't we'll have enough to do, do that. This. Well, do you no. think it was rushed today? I mean, like, why did, why did, do, can because we not go gonna, home and think about it for just a minute? If you go home and think about it, then you're going to have to go home and deal with your constituents. And the, again, I don't want to bother people, but the genius of Obama was that they didn't want to go home and talk to people about how they just repealed Obamacare and didn't have a plan after it. They also didn't want to go home and talk about the replacement that was up for replacing it when you're going to repeal and replace it. It's a real pickle, Jerry Jalamoto. Yeah, I see. But I think you have to lay it uh, right at the White House. i got to be honest with you. Not on me. I'll, I'll tell you when we get back, I'm going to be a little bit of tough love, Mr. Trump. All right. All right, Mr. President. When we return. Welcome back, Eric Von Hessler in for Eric Erickson. Repeal, repeal, repeal. Just repeal the stupid thing without replacing it. Or better yet, just do something. Y'all ain't doing nothing on Capitol Hill. Do something. Didn't, and that's what they tried to do today, right? They tried to <laughs> just repeal times. it. They tried to just repeal it. First they tried to repeal and replace. That was dead basically last night. Then they, they did came repeal and, said, and delay. I've got, a, I've got a new idea. Repeal and delay. Well, that's really just repeal. You, that's as close as you're going to get to repeal, I think, is repeal and delay because you can't pull the rug from under people in one day or a month. You have to say, look, we're going to repeal it, and then you have two years to figure out. And they couldn't get the votes for that because uh, the, the, the senator from Maine and the senator from Alaska sort of bookending the top of the country uh, can't get on board for anything that anybody tries. Uh, so that ain't going to happen. Eric Von Hessler, don't give Obama credit for anything. He's not smart about the way he implemented Obamacare. He ruined our health care, period. Yeah, that's why I'm saying he's smart, because what did he really want? He really wanted single payer in the end. We all know this. If you look at his career, he wanted single payer in the end. He knew he couldn't get single payer. Set this thing up, gave people some benefits, gave them some goodies, then walked out of town, left office. Now all the pain arrives, and the American people are basically saying, you already gave us a benefit. We, we, you can't take that away from us, so somehow you have to try to fix this Frankenstein's monster. Here's the thing they lied about, uh, is that you could fix Frankenstein's monster. They should have run on just repeal, not replace. Now, on uh, President Trump, I said this earlier during the Von Hessler Doctrine, weekdays here at WSB, 11 a.m. till noon every day. You should tune in. It's a great show. Uh, when I compare Trump's rhetoric on something like this to say Ronald Reagan, who I think is the standard candle when it comes to modern Republican presidents. It seems to me that if Ronald Reagan wanted something like this repealed and replaced, he, you would know exactly what he wanted in that bill. It would be no, he's smart, he would bullet point it, right? There'd be like three things that were very important that had to be in the replace bill, and this is the way we're going to go. You didn't get that from this, this president. You got, I want something wonderful. And I got the idea a couple of weeks ago that President Trump was willing to sign anything. Anything that got through Congress that had health care on it, he was going to sign it 
and move on. I mean, you can't imagine Ronald Reagan saying to you that, uh, you know, just send me something wonderful. Well, here's my history. I'm sorry. Here's my strategy on health care. We win, they lose. There you go. Something uh, specific like that, right? I mean, I think that you knew that Ronald Reagan, you knew why he wanted taxes lowered. He, he attached it to the economy. He attached it to releasing the animal spirits of the business community. You, he had a great way of taking complicated material, nuanced material, and getting it down to three bullet points and hammering them home. He could lose a debate. He could lose a fight, and he did from time to time, but not never because you were confused. And it seems to me that while Mitch McConnell didn't get the job done, Paul Ryan hasn't exactly been the greatest person at moving stuff through the House, the Congress itself has been lame for the last 30 years. I get all of that, but a little bit of this blame, even though Trump says that he's not going to take any blame, we're not going to own it. I'm not going to own it. I can tell you the Republicans are not going to own it. All right, but you have to take some of the blame. The buck does stop there. And uh, telling the American people that he'll sign any bill that's wonderful does not really let them know, you know, what are the premises? What are the, pro- what, what are the ideas behind the health care that the White House wants to see? It just you know- has to be wonderful. Uh, nice, pretty. Not mean. Thick paper. <laughs> <laughs> Just you know, and and I, I I believe that President Trump does want to get this done, but on the specifics he never got he never got there he never got to the specifics. I really got the idea, and I could be wrong, but I think most people listening will agree with me. About a week or so, it became obvious to me that President Trump was going to sign any bill as long as it had a heart. <laughs> that got through <laughs> the Congress, and that made it fuzzy, and that you know that means you don't round up the the senators because you're not you're not arguing a social policy position. You're just arguing that we need to get this done. And so there's a little bit of criticism to go all the way around. But uh, I'm sorry to say that Obama was brilliant the way he did Obamacare, but he's getting what he wanted. We'll be back with more. Hey, Ron Hesler, Trump is trying to do a whole lot of things. So you can't hold Trump to the fire about health care. Okay, he's not a politician, okay? So he has, he has covered people, but not, not billions and billions of people, okay? So he, so don't put this on Trump, put it on the f- the Democrats. Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, that's where the blame lies. That was Trump by Helper. Well, the, Trump, uh, the Trumpster agrees We're with you. I'm not going to own it. I'm not going to own it. I can tell you the Republicans are not going to own it. We'll let Obamacare fail, and then the Democrats are going to come to us, and they're going to say, how do we fix it? How do we fix it? Or how do we come up with a new plan? There, I'm Eric Von Hessler, in for Eric Erickson, and there is a lot of blame to go around. But as you're throwing blame around, you have to throw a little bit of blame at the desk where the buck is supposed to stop in the United States of America, and that is with President Trump. And you know what? It's getting to the point now where you have to be able to understand that swing voters in the middle, and I will tell you this from my own point of view, are starting to look around and say the Republicans do not have the ability to govern this nation. They don't know how to come from an opposition party to a governing party. The American people have given them the House, the Senate, and the White House, 
and a majority because of that of the Supreme Court. You can't have more power in this country to govern this country than the Republicans have right now. And they have done nothing but trip over their own feet for the last four months. You have to acknowledge that. Is Chuck Schumer helping? No. Chuck Schumer is playing politics. That's his job. Is Nancy Pelosi helping? No. Nancy Pelosi is playing politics. It's not Chuck Schumer's job or Nancy Pelosi's job to help Republicans govern. And it's getting to the point now where people in the middle, the swing voters who will vote Democrat one time, Repub- they don't care. They vote for the best haircut. And they're beginning to wonder, do this, does this Republican Party have the ability to even get their own ideas through? And here's the problem. The Republican Party is at war with itself. That's what the whole primary season was about. Remember when uh, Trump first started calling people names and everybody who had watched every election of to that point said, that's it, he's done, you can't win that way. Well, it turns out the Republicans' grassroots were saying, I've been wanting to call that Republican names for years. This is wonderful. A guy who will finally call him out. Little Marco. <laughs> Lion Ted. Low Energy Jeb. That's right. It's so long ago, I don't know, that was the first one, Low Energy Jeb. So the Republican Party is at war with itself. And once they were given the keys to the White House, the Senate, the House, the Supreme Court for the most part, people expected that they were going to be able to get rid of this internecine warfare and begin to look out to the rest of the country and govern the country. And I'm sorry, that simply hasn't happened yet. Grassroots Republicans tend to hate Paul Ryan as much as they maybe more because he's closer than they hate Nancy Pelosi. The, you know, they can't stand their own Republicans so as much as they can't stand the Democrats. And while and while that may be a good fight to have, it may be an important fight to have, it may be a cleansing fight to figure out what the Republican Party is into the future, it's not a fight to be had while you're trying to govern the country. And so you get into this situation where for the last four or five days, Mitch McConnell, I feel bad for you, Mitch, you got What's the- that? I'm on my fifth bourbon. <laughs> no, you're <laughs> deep into the Kentucky bourbon yeah. now. But every idea this guy spat out for the last week or so, somebody in the Republican Senate was like, oh, no, that's not good enough for me. No, what if we it. just repeal one thing? <laughs> I don't care. You pick. <laughs> what do you want to repeal? You want to repeal uh, the mandate, say? Yeah, more money for Planned Parenthood. How about that? We'll just throw it out there. <laughs> Anything people just want. Just vote on it, for God's sake. <laughs> so You can't even get a vote on these things, and that's the danger for the Republican Party. Not an ideological one, but the people in the middle, the swing voter, just looks at the party and says, they don't know how to govern. Uh, there are some people in Atlanta that don't know how to drive, and that's why we're going to go to Smiley Mark McKay and get an update. All right, 543, Eric, we're seeing delays. A lot of folks heading to the Braves game. Back to you, Eric, and your doctrinaires. I do believe President Trump should engage the American people and others in regards to getting a conversation started on term limits for Congress. I do think that is the only thing that will get their butts moving. Uh, I've never really been for term limits, but that makes sense to me. It might be worth looking at in situations like this, because the reason they can't get any support for anything they're trying to throw out there is because people, of course, are worried about affecting their re-election bid. I would say to Republicans, when you cave to these ridiculous liberal ideas like this health care plan is going to kill hundreds of thousands of people, you do yourself no good. It's not going to help you in your next election. The Democrat who's facing you is just going to come at you with the same kind of rhetoric. They're not going to back off and say, hey, you know what? You voted right on that. That's not going to happen. You might as well stick with the party, try to get something done. It works out better. But uh, I want to go back to this lady. 
Avon has her. Trump is trying to do a whole lot of things. So you can't hold Trump to the fire about health care. Okay, he's not a politician. Okay, so... First of all, I love this lady. She calls in every time I'm on. She's always outraged. I love her dearly. Uh, I have to say to other people, everyone's lovingly, I will refer to people as Trumpford wives. And I, <laughs> I have to say to them, when Trump was a businessman and he was the host of Celebrity Apprentice, he was not a politician. He is now the president of the United States. By definition, he is not only a politician, but probably the most powerful politician in the country. You can't have it both ways. You can't... Uh, say oh he's done all these things and then never say you know what something went wrong here and certainly it has to do with Congress absolutely it has to do with Congress but the presidential leadership the next time around need to learn some lessons here you think they're gonna move right on to a tax reform package not without learning the lessons of what's happened here for the last four months because that doesn't work certainly do have to get a conversation going with the American people and you got to get those senators afraid of the backlash from the White House all right, we're going to go to Clark Howard, I believe, comes up next. Is that right, Jared? That's Yamamoto? right. And then we will return sitting in for Eric Erickson. I can't believe you have failed to repeal Obamacare. I understand you can't replace it, but I can't believe you can't repeal it. You guys have the House, you have the Senate, you have the Judiciary, you have the Presidency. You guys are losers. That's all it comes down to. The Washington Generals, you guys are losers. <laughs> the Washington Generals, I like that uh, I like that reference. Hey, guess what? Senior political analyst, Not that does not say anything about his age, he's just the top dog when it comes to political analyst at WSB is here. He was walking by, and we decided to bring him in. Bill Crane, uh, a lot going on today. Where do the Republicans go? This is, I believe, the two different health care Republican ideas crashed on the same day today. And where do they go from here? They can't even repeal it alone. Well, I think uh, in the near term, they're going to go into recess and take back the two weeks they were going to stay in here and debate the issue. But in the, in the midterm, Tom Price introduced a bill in 2011 that got 54 co-sponsors on the House side. John McCain introduced the same bill on the Senate side called the Empowering Patients Act. Mm -hmm. It had a number of elements of the House bill, not so much of the Senate, but basically some of the same tenets, starting with tax credits versus subsidies, funding the bill with basically future spending cuts, um, risk pools for the uninsured at the state level and, and part funded by the federal government, uh, co-ops, uh, large groups and associations, trades associations, in other words, a, a much more yeah. market focused as you I like that I, I like the idea of of, of uh, associations lawyer associations medical uh, people getting ban groups. yeah banding together kind of like Costco and Sam's Club yeah. and and required tri uh, pricing transparency from providers and major yes. health care and they could also put down rules that have nothing to do with the Constitution right if you want to be part of this alliance then part of this money will come to us for health care right that's correct and it's got nothing to do with the Constitution that won't cover everything but I like ideas like that there there were already some of those in places ladies the I was involved in the Metro Atlanta Chamber of Commerce putting together a small business plan that gave small businesses the same purchasing power as a large corporation, and it worked very nicely. And you make the choice as an individual as to whether or not you want to give in to these rules so that you could have be on that platform and be a part of that alliance or that association. And then the insurers will compete for that business. That's exactly right. They will compete back. I like ideas like that. There was something you said in there, I think, about uh, 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 paying for future spending with future cuts. I think that never happens. Well, it's basically you take Medicaid and Medicare spending down 
down if mm-hmm. premiums and medical costs drop. If you're not spending, say, as much as you are now, there was a story leading into the break about how many Georgians have diabetes mm-hmm. and how many Americans, 100 million, have diabetes. Well, if 100 million, that's a third of the country. Right. Um, and that's one of the most expensive pre-existing ongoing medical conditions to treat. But if all of that care is at the emergency room level because there's no price count, let's look at dentistry or cosmetic dentistry or weight loss or any number of areas, LASIK surgery, that are not covered typically by insurance. Prices have been going down because of competition that's for correct. years. That's correct. Laser so surgery used to cost an arm and $10, a leg. $10,000 an eye, and now you can like afford, you can expense it and buy uh, it. De- the Democrats could have sp- stopped that in one second. They would have said $10,000 per eye. That's only for the rich. Well, what happens is over time... I mean, VHS beta maxes were only for the rich for a while, right? Then the rich buy so much that the price comes down. Everybody can afford things. We have to get more of that into our our medical insurance. Uh, Bill Crane, thank you for stopping by. I know you got to do some TV. Can you stick with us for one more? Yeah, thing? I can. All right, great, very good. When we return, more Bill Crane, but more importantly, more me. I'm Eric von Hessler, and for Eric Erickson. Welcome back. I'm Eric Von Hessler in for Eric Erickson. You can hear me weekdays, 11 a.m. to noon, right here on WSB. My doctrinaires are here with me. We're talking about the, what is it, two now healthcare ideas from the GOP crashing and burning on one day. A rough day for Mitch McConnell, for sure. We have some open mics here. Eric, how is Donald Trump the most powerful politician in the world or in America when Congress won't let him get anything done. I'm talking about rhinos as well as Democrats, and the media is fueling the fire. He is far from the most uh, important politician in the country because he's strangled and everything he's trying to do. Uh, Jared, do you think people get angry when I refer to some people as the Trumpford wives? Uh, definitely. Or do you think maybe they just don't get the reference? I don't know. But uh, every, there are some Trumpford wives out there. Let me just say this. He's the most powerful person in the world, which makes him the most powerful politician in America, simply because he is the president. Uh, what makes Bill Belichick the most powerful coach in the NFL? Because he wins. Bill Belichick deals with the same nonsense that the Cleveland Browns deal with, that the San Diego Chargers deal with, but he looks at the situation, he assesses the situation, and he comes up with a strategy to win. And because he wins, he gets the most power possible from his position. Uh, Bill Crane, senior political analyst, is still here with us to uh, go through the GOP healthcare debris today. And uh, so we were telling with uh, where Republicans are now and where they can go in the future what can they do next because they wanted to repeal and replace that is not there why are republican senators not giving mitch mcconnell anything right now why don't they fear the president well remember before the affordable care act was passed the republican opposition in part said we don't need to do this all at once let's do it in pieces Mm -hmm. so i think what you will see is the gop leadership on both the house and the senate side come forth with chunklets, you know, pieces of what we're talking. They may take out subsidies and replace them with tax credits. They may put co-ops and state risk management pools for the uninsured in place of pieces of okay, Medicare and Medicaid. Okay, let me ask you a question, though, because with all these arcane rules in, in the Senate, and you can't do one thing without doing it in a certain way. You have to fund it. 
So how? Do, okay, so you have to fund it, but how do you get? How do you rip out a piece of Obamacare and then fill it in with a new chunk? You sunset parts of a piece of act the same way you amend a piece of legislation. So okay. you sunset a part of the bill, the way they move around things, and the other parts of the budget. Mm-hmm. You'll you'll need more than fifty one votes. Yeah, you'll may need for budget, not just budget reconciliation. You may need sixty votes. You may need to pick up some. Explain Democratic that to votes. people. Well, in order to just do fifty plus one, it has to be all having to do with budget. Concerns, Correct. Right? It can't be about broader social policy or social engineering ideas. It has to be about the budgeting, right? Well, it's basically the difference between a majority and a supermajority, and mm-hmm. many types of framework in the Senate rules of legislation require a supermajority to basically change the existing precedent. Okay. But if it's purely fiscal, like tax policy, you only need a majority. And that's what they've been trying to work on Obamacare with. Obviously, that failed. That was not a good idea. Do you think if they would have started some other way, are there... You were telling me in the break... Trump's problem is there's only one Republican senator that's up for election in a, in in a, a Hillary blue state in, a in Hillary, the last in the last cycle. Third of the Senate's up, more of them Democrats than Republicans, and of those up on the Republican side, only one of them in Nevada was in a state won by Hillary Clinton in 2016. Do you think that Trump has enough energy with his grassroots, with the people who love him? To create primary fights for some of for this on the on the House side, yes. On the Senate side, I see it's a much bigger battle. He doesn't even have really organization on the ground Mm -hmm. in the traditional sense. He has people Mm -hmm. and he has grassroots, but it's not organized. And I think a Senate race is much more challenging to oust an incumbent. And more questions for this, but we have questions about traffic always at this time. Smile and Mark McKay. All right, Eric, at six thirteen, we're seeing delays across the north side perimeter. So, uh, Bill Crane, you were saying there's only one Republican that's up in a state that Hillary won. There are how many that are up in 2018 out of the Senate in states that Trump won? Do you know? I believe the total number of GOP up 12 or 13. I didn't do a hard count for it. Came Somewhere on the show. in that area. Yeah. Baker's dozen, as they Correct. say. So, uh, and you don't really think Trump has the... Because all that Trump has with those people, because they're in heavily red states, I'm assuming, is to primary them. Right. Correct. Is and and the, do you think that he doesn't have the energy to? Because like, obviously on, on a station he, like this, look, we hear it. We yeah, hear he's it. looking at it in Arizona. Uh, obviously, there'll be a special election or is a special election underway in Alabama for Jeff mm-hmm. Sessions' seat, and then they'll have to run for a full term. There are a number of seats where Trump did very well in terms of the majority in the electoral caucus college, but that doesn't necessarily mean all those votes mm-hmm. are still there. Well, I think, and also that to go back to what my point when we started the show is, you know, I, I think that the people in the middle, the swing voters, are very important here. They don't, they vote Democrat, they vote Republican, and I think the Republicans are in danger right now of those people in the middle who aren't allied to one side or the other, thinking, boy, this party just can't govern. Well, there's that, and the president continues to seem to believe that he's playing to the dance playing the tune and the dance of the girl that brought him. He's yeah. playing with Twitter and those things to play back to those same people that he believes put him in office. He won 100 million votes. Mm-hmm. There are only 40 million people supposedly following him on Twitter. Not all of them love him. Some of them just follow him to hate him. Sure. Um, he needs to understand he needs to reach broader and bigger. Bullying and yelling and tweeting are not leading. Well, I, I know that, and I've seen the polls that say that he has the lowest polling. I just don't know. To, I, I agree with our listeners quite often who say that this is a president that you can't do the polling on in the same way that you've done because we have a Democrat party. They don't have their act together. Oh, I, the, the, I, he's, he's benefits from their 
disinformation, if you will, on their side. But I could easily see Donald Trump being reelected. To get to this number, Gerald Ford had to pardon Richard Nixon. (laughs) I understand that. But also, the Democrat, when we talk about, there's ideas that go out there like, you know what the problem was? You needed Democrats on board to begin with. Let's take this line of reasoning. reasoning. Uh, The Democrats and Obama shoved Obamacare down the nation's throat with, uh, it was a party line vote, and it changed one-sixth of the economy, and that was too much. So there's another side that says, well, Republicans were wrong to go the other way. The Republicans were wrong to try to change that back on just a strict party line vote. Let's go out and try to do it the old-fashioned way, and let's bring in Democrats. But I see the problem with that is all the energy on the Democrat side is coming from the grassroots and the resistance, and they don't want to give in to anything. They're only going to want to expand, as you said, closer to single payer, and that obviously is not the way the GOP wants to go. The Trump administration might sign it, but that is not the way the party wants to go. What that is think? not the way their grassroots Let me tell you goes. something. It's not the way Eric Von Hessler wants to go either. I don't know about your... I don't know where you stand on this. I don't care where we stand or what we want. My belief is that we are headed towards single-payer. Do you think I'm right or wrong? I think we're tra- trending that way, but I also think on the Coach Belichick analogy, if the president could start winning some things, some, some domestic wins, tax reform... Mm-hmm. Get this new plan in place for the FAA and satellite-based radar so we're not sitting on the ground waiting for a flight to take off for two hours. Make life better for the average American. Yeah, um, appoint another Supreme Court justice. Pile up some wins and things suddenly get easier for him, too. Do you know what? If he gets another couple of uh, uh, swats at the Supreme Court... He's going to be considered a successful president no matter what. By the history book. Yeah, if he puts in a couple more 40-year-old Scalia's, he's going to have an effect on what I think will be a great effect. Uh, but he is in a pickle right now. I mean, if they, I think a lot of listeners don't realize that this is the easiest it's ever going to be for Trump. Well, there, there may, after the 2018 midterms, there may be a couple of months where people may be open. But this is the honeymoon. Well, it's a subject for another day, but many of the demons and battles he's fighting are of his own creation. Well, that is true, but, you know, a lot of people love that, that he does. Senator McConnell, you got to hit a bourbon for me on the way up? <laughs> yeah, I got some, uh, what is it I like, red rose? <laughs> four, four roses. Four red, right. red noses and four roses. Red nose, yeah. Bill, Bill Crane, Senior Political Analyst here at WSB, thank you very much for stepping in and, you know, have, making some sense out of all of this. We'll be back in a moment. Your comparison of Trump to Belichick totally ignores the fact that Trump is being sabotaged by his own party. Eric Von Hessler, welcome back. I'm in for Eric Erickson. We're usually on weekdays at 11 a.m. here on WSB. A little show called The Von Hessler Doctrine. Uh, That gentleman, let's play him again. Your comparison of Trump to Belichick totally ignores the fact that Trump is being sabotaged by his own party. What I had said was leadership shows with winning. And I said, because somebody earlier had said, how is it that I say the president is the most powerful politician in the country? People say, oh, he's not a politician. He's not only a politician, he's the most powerful politician in the country. And what makes Bill Belichick the most powerful coach in the NFL? Because he wins. He deals with the same problems the Cleveland Browns do. He deals with the same problems that the Buffalo Bills do, the San Diego Chargers, the teams that can't seem to get anything going. And so this gentleman responds to that, and he says, hey, what's not good in that analogy is... Uh, Trump has members of his own team fighting him. You think that the guy at Cleveland, the coaches of the Cleveland Browns, wouldn't sit down and tell you the front office was uh, not giving them what they wanted? Here's the deal: you have to assess the situation 
as it is. I'm not saying W was the greatest president in the world, but he said something that was very, very true. As president, it was his job to deal with the world as it is, not the way he wishes it to be. And when you are president of the United States, that's what you have to do. That's the Belichick analogy. He assesses the situation and he gets the most out of every situation. That's why he's the most powerful coach, because he's using all of his power by winning. The president is the most powerful politician in the country, but by not winning, he is not fully vesting himself in all the power that he could have. Right, W? You, you know, listen, Eric, you're one of the smartest people that I have ever heard on the radio talking like that because I, think I couldn't hung- have said it better myself. <laughs> you probably couldn't have, and I'm sure you're hungry for a compliment or two somewhere down the line. Listen, this guy here. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and he won't work hard to put food on your family. That's right. You worked hard to put your food on the family. That's right. So, uh, you know what? I'm tired. We've been talking about this since 5 o'clock. I think we planned on talking about this for about 20 minutes. It's taken over most of the show. Give me, we, I know we got a break soon, but give me another headline. We've got an earth-breaking uh, headline here. The Atlanta City Council. Hold counts- on, hold a second. There's no such thing as... Earth-shattering, I should say. Thank you. Thank you. Earth-shaking, perhaps. There's no such thing as an earth-breaking headline. the earth. <laughs> this headline was so shocking, well, it broke the earth in half. Right. This headline, there's no way this is actually going to happen. The Atlanta City Council has approved funding to curb homelessness, announcing a $26 million bond commitment that will be added to another $25 so, million from United Way, where they think they're going to stop homelessness in the city. So in, so Atlanta City and the United Way get together $15 million to end homelessness that's right good luck i wasn't born yesterday so you're telling me uh mayor uh, kasim reed and uh, whoever's the head of the united way is after we spend this 50 million dollars there will be no more homelessness in atlanta or so little or let's just even let's let's pull it back even further than that a noticeable difference in the homeless situation after spending this $50 million. I don't want to be cynical. I don't believe in cynicism. I believe in skepticism. I've been alive 53 years. I don't believe for one second that this $50 million is going to end homelessness or even change it all that much in Atlanta. You can buy a lot of one-way bus tickets with that kind of money. Well, if you're going to do that, you just ship them out. Yeah! Then you've ended homelessness in Atlanta at least for a little while. I have more thoughts on homelessness and what we can do about it when we return. We don't know what uh, Putin and Trump are talking about. You know who people are talking about? I just heard, I don't know if you heard this, Jared, but people are talking about Eric Von Hessler. Have you heard this? People are talking about Eric Von Hessler on WSB. That's awesome. Entertaining, even very funny. Uh, I don't have to hear those people. I just think it's interesting. People are talking about me, Eric Von Hessler. Eric Von Hessler? Who's that? Eric Von Hessler? All over the city. Leaders win with the tools and the allies that they have. Coaches do the same thing. That's why the analogy between Trump and Belichick works. Thank you. We've had this argument now for an hour and a half, and I would like to move on. I think that uh, there's a there's a there's a. Um, what did you and Putin talk about there, Trump? What well, first of all, I talked to uh, Vladimir Putin, uh, president of Russia, about uh, Eric von Hessler. So. <laughs> I hear everybody's talking about oh, Eric. Scuttlebutt I, up here in D.C. Have you heard? <laughs> it's a great show. Doesn't like me very much. That's fine. I don't care. I, mean, I have nothing against you. I'm rooting for you, I'm President a big boy. Trump. Uh, look, you say some pretty mean things. I'm, look, I call him as I see him, President Trump, but I'm rooting for you. You don't give me a chance. You don't give me a chance. I 
want you to do well. Look, have a heart. <laughs> <laughs> no, really? Want, yeah. Really, we talked... Uh, <laughs> you and Putin. What is a secret meeting? I we said, don't uh, Vlad, you ever see Rocky Four? The ending of that movie confuses me because... Rocky is fighting the Russian guy, right? This is Rocky IV. And Rocky IV, and it's Rocky Balboa fighting, uh, I think his name was Vlad, I don't remember, but (laughs) uh, Drago, whatever. And they're fighting, and then, you know, Rocky's doing his thing, he's getting beat up, and he starts coming back, and then everybody starts yelling Rocky, which, they're Russian, how do they even know how to say it? (laughs) So you're asking him if the Russian crowd was really supporting I was like, you had to have been there, you were KGB, (laughs) were you cheering for Rocky? And he said it was a movie, and I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. It took an hour. Yeah. Well, I guess with the translators and everything, it takes a little well, more time. It does take a long time. So before we left, we were talking about this new plan by in the Atlanta city, uh, about the mayor. Atlanta will put in $25 million. United Way will put in $25 million, give or take. And this is all going to go to homeless. That's right. To try to solve the homeless problem. And this all kind of ties in with the Peachtree Pine homeless shelter closing next month. So where are those people going to go? That's like 500 people. Well, a lot of that money is going to go to, to the help those people get rehabilitated into, I guess, the workforce. First of all, let me ask you this question. If they solve the homeless problem in Atlanta... When I come into town to see a show, how am I going to know how to park my car? Because <laughs> these people are always willing to give me advice about how, as if a 53-year-old man does not know how to park his own car. All you got to do now is print that ticket out, sir, and take it back to your car and put it in your dashboard. I went to see Sturgill Simpson at the Fox on Friday, and I had a homeless dude tell me exactly that. Five bucks. You need to... <laughs> I told him, I don't have any, I, all I got is cards. I lied. Sure. But I will not lie about traffic. I will take you to Smiling Mark McCain. We do not give fake traffic at 643. In fact, we're looking at the jam cam in Henry County, Eric. You know, I don't mean to come off here as heartless, cruel, or cold, but I'll tell you what I know. This $50 million from the city of Atlanta and United Way that's supposed to end homelessness in Atlanta, you might as well just flush it right down the toilet. I guarantee you that money is not going to get anything done. And I'll tell you why. Because we live in a society now where you can't talk about the real problem. So if you want to end homelessness, you have to go in with reason, responsibility, understanding that you do want to help people. But the first thing you have to do is you have to separate people out. Let's, let's find the people, and this will be a handful of the homeless. I believe there are something like... 600 people who live on the streets in Atlanta. Am I wrong about G- that? Give or take. Okay. So uh, you got to take the smallest portion of that group, which is just people on hard times. Just people who weren't, they didn't have things going well, and then some big event happened, whether it was medical or loss of a job or something, and put them on the streets. I will guarantee you that is a handful compared to the rest of the homeless on the streets. Then you have to have the ability to go in and suss out the clinically mentally ill, and I know there's overlap here, and then those with the drug addiction. I know there's overlap there, but some are clinically mentally ill, and some are drug addicted. We can no longer institutionalize people. The state does not really have the ability they used to have to just say, look, man, you can't take care of yourself. We're going to put you in an institution. There's a reason for that. Because back when you could institutionalize people, they were warehoused, they weren't helped, and once we found out the way people were being treated, especially in New York City, I think, the laws were changed. So now people can just live on the streets for as long as they want to. If you want to end homelessness as much as possible, you have to be able to talk about the real problems that are going on at that level. And I think in an era of political correctness, you can't say they're mentally ill. You can't say they're drug addicts, but they are. You can't expect a person who's clinically mentally ill to help themselves. 
Not until you get them on the right drugs and get them where they need to be. And that's a harder discussion to have. You can build all the houses you want and put them in, and it's not going to work. Hardest thing to do is to help somebody who won't help themselves. And that's a fact. And any millennial who just heard that just went, oh, you're cruel. We'll be back with our final segment in just moments. People who bemoan Trump's election should look no further than McConnell and Ryan as proof that that wasn't the worst thing that could have happened. You think you're so smart? Let's see you suck up to corporate types and raise some money so you can run for Senate yourself. Mr. McConnell, there's no need for the tears. I'm sick of these people. I'm doing what I can. (laughs) You've done what you can, I understand. But don't, you know, don't be called out by these people. You're a politician. You understand that. Give me another fifth of that. (laughs) You seem very deep into the Kentucky bourbon, I must say. I love it. (laughs) And, uh, you know, that came through the open mic on the WSB radio app. That's right. What are you? Are you a silly person that you don't have the WSB radio app on your phone? You have to get the WSB radio app on your phone. There's 9,000 reasons to do it, but just one of them is that you uh, you can leave your open mic for us. Why don't you all report some news? The fact that the president talked to the Russian guy again is BS. You're all the Russian, 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 Russian. Give us a break. Report something useful. I gosh, gosh, yes. I you know what? I remember. <laughs> let me separate some things here because I think I, I there's a lot about that that I agree with. But we report the news. It is news that he had a second meeting. We don't tell you how to think about it. At least the uh, Chris Chandler doesn't tell you how to think about it. I might tell you what I think about it. But that is news to be reported. But I do agree with you. I'm looking at, at the CNN on the monitor up there and this meeting that Trump had with Putin. This undisclosed meeting. If you look at, there's 800 people in this room. It's a dinner, and he sits down next to them, and they speak for quite a long time. I don't see that. Hey, Wolf Blitzer's on there, I'm sure, just panting away about how this is. <laughs> oh, what did they Wolf. talk about? Wolf, 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 relax. Relax. <laughs> I agree with the open micer that it's not a bombshell that two world leaders spoke for another hour in public in front of 800 other people at a dinner. Now, if we find out that they both, what, do they plan to put Hillary in jail in Moscow? If we find out something like that? We have gulag for Clintons. It's very nice and comfortable. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you to Eric Erickson for allowing me and us to fill in. You can listen to the Von Hessler Doctrine weekdays at 11 a.m. You can get the Von Hessler Doctrine official Facebook page. EVHDoctrine.com, WSB radio app. It's all Von Hessler all the time. Who could ask? For anything more, I'll chat with you tomorrow morning at 11. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash aware.